Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the future of the water and wastewater industry and the careers you didn't know about. I'm your host, Dave Kosminski, and we are live here in the studio with an old friend of mine, and he is the ex chief executive officer for the Metropolitan District in Hartford, Mr. Scott Jellison. Hi, Scott. How are you? Hi, Dave. How are you doing? Oh, Thank fantastic. you for having me. Oh, thanks for coming down, taking time out of your schedule. This is yeah, this uh, is wonderful. Oh, it's fantastic. You know, we did uh, we did Susan Negrelli last week, and again, the whole premise of the podcast is, uh, as you know, is we're trying to refill the pipeline and get some younger folks in the in the water industry. You know, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, you know. I, I, I think our industry isn't unique in that way because uh, everybody is starving for uh, you know uh, young help and so forth. Skilled craft workers. No one wants to. No one understands the 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 opportunity that's out there right now. Right. The, uh, average college salary across the country is about fifty five thousand. Our starting salaries are 50, sixty two, and and people are going to start to see. You're going to start to see over the years. Even some companies are reducing their their college requirements for for uh, positions. Sure, makes um, sense. But the skilled craft worker, which includes the water treatment operator and the wastewater treatment operator, it's just like electricians and and plumbers. Their young people are not going into those skilled craft programs. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, you know, we've been doing uh, been working with you folks for I think back since 2016 on the Learn and Earn program yeah. and, and so forth, and that has been uh, a huge initiative on on MDC's part as far as that goes. But you know, rolling back the calendar just a few years, just tell me about how you got into the water industry. Well, that's a great uh, great story, I guess. So um, I, uh, you know, and I, I tell every young person this. Um, I was a high school student, kind of a jock, didn't, you know, wasn't a great yep. student and uh, uh, didn't know what I was going to do, play football or, yep. or go to school. And my dad said, you should be an engineer. And I said, what's an engineer? I didn't know. <laughs> and um, so I went to Thames Valley State Tech, yep. uh, two year school. And uh, my first year struggled because I didn't have the, I didn't have the, the, the foundation of 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 of, um, of studying and all those yep, things, yep. and I slowly grew into it, and then transferred to University of Hartford to finish up my four degree. Yeah, but again, as a senior in, in college, I didn't have a clue as to what I wanted to do. Right, um, just by happenstance, a friend of mine um, uh, had. Uh, new people at the state uh, public works department, which they yep. built all the state buildings. Um, and I applied, um, I got the job and I worked 20 years building state buildings, colleges, prisons, and you name it. So we did all the utility work and all that good stuff. And uh, I was lucky enough to get involved in some of the largest projects in the state, you know, Adrian's Landing, G Fox. Uh -huh. And um, as part of that process, um, I was uh, recruited to uh, to the MDC in okay. 2006 to okay. be the uh, chief operating officer. So I ran all the operational departments, uh -huh. um, water, sewer, um, and uh, worked for 10 years as the chief operating officer. And then when my uh, predecessor, Chuck Sheehan, retired, yep. um, I was afforded the opportunity to become the CEO. Wow. So Okay. Fantastic. You know, it, it's amazing. You know, I've been, you know, we're probably have been doing this podcast now for a year and a half. Um, and it's one of the questions why, you know, I ask uh, our, 
our uh, people that are on the podcast how they got in the water industry. And 75% of them got in the water industry by happenstance. Yes. I knew a guy that knew a guy yeah. or whatever, but it's that, you know, they didn't come out of the shoot of high school or college saying, I'm going to go into the water industry. And you know that the, the ch other parts of the country are probably a little different. But one thing I learned in college, when I went to uh, 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 Thames Valley State Tech in Norwich, yep. <clears throat> the curriculum was built around um, electric boat yep. because that was the largest um, 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 manufacturer or, or uh, employer, or employer in, the in the state. Yeah. So, so, um, so, and I did work there for two summers, which was great. It was an awesome experience. But your curriculum is built around your industry. Yep. Mm -hmm. Same thing, University of Hartford. University of Hartford, United Technologies, very driven by the aircraft industry. Yeah. So water was not, and, and wastewater was not a focus. Right. And um, I'm very involved in University of Hartford, and I've, um, uh, on their board, and, and I spend a lot of time educating uh, the the curriculum and the and the, and the dean of engineering, project management, water and wastewater engineering services, um, is a is a very important probably our oldest oldest infrastructure in sure. in 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 eastern uh, United States yep. is our water wastewater and gas system. Yeah. We got we got a gas line that's uh, just shut down four streets in Hartford, Connecticut th this morning because a gas leak. So. Infrastructure is getting older, absolutely, and we need to replace it. And we need good engineers. We need good operators. Um, and there is your your point is well taken. You can apply. I knew somebody that knew somebody on any of the utilities: gas, water, electric. It's a very closed circuit. No one really promotes it right. uh, at the school level. Right. So it typically becomes. I knew a guy that knew a guy that knew a guy. Rather than you, you know, you're going to go work for um, Pratt Whitney or Electric Boat right, or, right. Um, you know, so, right. you know, and like I say, with the issue of aging infrastructure, I mean, it's that's happening nationwide, yes. countrywide, worldwide. Absolutely. Gosh. You know, the infrastructure you I, I know you guys as well as we do. I mean, we've got water mains in this town that are 100 years old. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. And, and they need to be replaced. But, it, you know, the the stigma is, you know, with the perception with the public, it's out of sight, out of mind. Right. You know, and it's not until, you know, like I say, you have a gas leak that shuts down a street or a water main break or yeah. a sewer that backs up that, you know, and the, and the sad part about it is that you need people to fix that. Right. Okay. And it's, it's not the engineers that's going to come out no, and fix that. Exactly. You're going to have the, the tradesmen that come out, the, uh, the equipment operators, the, uh, you know, and so forth that get in the hole and, and, and repair the leak or whatever. Right. You know, you have uh, you have when you drive over a bridge, yeah, and it looks like it's going to fall, yeah. You pick up the phone and you call your state rep, or yep. you call the DOT, you call the governor's office, but you drive over that bridge and there's two water mains underneath it, yeah, that are being you know that's transporting the water from from Middletown to Portland, yeah, yeah, yeah. out of sight, out of mind, yeah, right, exactly. and you don't realize how old that infrastructure is, yeah, you yeah. know, and unfortunately it's. Like I say, it's 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 nationwide, but getting back to the you know um, the the employment issue. I mean, every utility um, is is struggling with the same things that that you are, we are, uh, mm -hmm. and so forth. Um, we have to educate you know these these students that are 
you know, getting out of high school or getting into college that are that are forging their way into the world and, and employment and so forth. That, you know, the, the this this industry is is a viable industry and the umbrella of the water industry per se is big umbrella. I mean, you've got engineers, you've got construction people, you've got customers, so you've got mechanics. You guys have your own uh, vehicle maintenance department up there. Right, right. You know, and there's you need people to maintain that. Absolutely. Fleet, you know? Yeah, the, um, to your point, um, you know, every, you talk to any municipality across New England or across the country, yep. And they're all having exactly the same problem. You and I both, we spend a lot of time in all kinds of national uh, organizations. And one of the biggest topics in all of these conferences that we have down in Washington and in Texas and um, uh, everywhere across the country is is labor. We need we need people to replace our aging uh, infrastructure, which is our our technicians. Our yeah. And our tradesmen people are retiring at 55, 56, 57. And there's nobody following them, and you, you know, when you look at the, the the when you look at the right now we're stealing retired people from other departments yeah. from other municipalities to kind of maintain, but that's not that's not a long term solution. It's a band aid. It's a band aid. Yeah, yeah. And we need to find young people right out of high school that don't want to go to college. One of our biggest challenges, uh, and we're we're seeing a change here. But one of our biggest challenges, I had one, uh, I had one union leader tell me that that if you're a uh, guidance counselor and you're over forty, yeah, you're encouraging people to go to college. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're someone under forty, you're encouraging them to look to be an electrician, a plumber. Sure. Um, you will probably see in the next number of years you will start to see non-college graduates with like electrician, plumbers, certified um, people with skilled craft make more over their lifetime than a college graduate. Absolutely. So there's a huge opportunity, not just at the MDC. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. And you you get certified um, uh, under a program like yourselves or our program that uh, we've been working with you on since 2016. Uh, you go to the Sacramento course yep. uh, online. Anyone yep. can do it. Hundred dollars, yep. take the test. You will be worth sixty thousand dollars a year to someone to start. To start, yes, yes. Well, and and the thing is that, and to your point, that you know, college graduates start, you know, typically around fifty-five thousand. Yeah, they start at fifty-five thousand, but what they don't tell you is they probably got another fifty-five or sixty thousand oh. in college loans if, that if, they have to pay if off. If they're lucky, it's only fifty-five thousand, yeah. right? You know. It's it's terrible. I mean, uh, thirty thousand dollars a year at UConn. I mean, my daughter's going there right now. It's thirty thousand dollars a year. That does yeah. not include. Well, I think that does include room and board, but it's thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, my alma mater, University of Hartford, um, two thousand. Uh, sorry, <laughs> nineteen eighty-seven. It was, <laughs> it was uh, eight thousand dollars. There you go. Now it's seventy yeah. or fifty-five, sixty. Somewhere it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's insane, and and it's not getting better no. you know you to the point where costs are going up uh you know and and so forth and you know the 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 sad part about it okay as you say yeah the the, the water industry is is a competitive industry yes. okay uh 
you know, depending on experience, and you don't necessarily have to have experience. No, you know, no. I mean, it'll teach you a trick. I mean, I'm sure I know you guys uh, do a tuition reimbursement program yep. uh, as far as that goes, and uh, to getting, uh, you know, attracting new help, and you know, to getting them to the point where, you know, they can be under that that water umbrella. And you know, like I say, you guys have both the water and the wastewater side, um, and you know that is huge. Yeah. Uh, and so that workforce. So, you know, your, your advice to, you know, and I ask this question all the time, you know, what, what, what would your advice be to, to college seniors uh, or, or, or high school seniors and college yeah, freshmen? Yeah, high school seniors. And as you know, we started this program in 2016. Yeah. We had a, we had a COVID, so it yes, messed that, us up a little bit for a yeah. couple of years. But my, I would encourage um, uh, 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 senior high school um, kids to really consider um, not just the construction um, realm or uh, working at Walmart or working at uh, a manufacturing plant, but consider the water or wastewater industry. Yeah. And every community has it. Yeah. And um, all it doesn't take much. You Google the MDC or Portland Water or yeah. or Connecticut Water or Aquarion. Yeah. There's lots of information out there. There's lots of opportunity. Um, and we're looking for, you know, we don't have a hundred jobs. Yeah. We don't have a thousand jobs, but we do have jobs um, that are career oriented. There's lots of opportunity for movement. You come in as a water treatment operator. Uh, you know, Ray Burrell, Ray yes, Burrell, who's our manager yep. uh, of our water treatment uh, plants. Uh, Ray came in as an operator. You know, we, we promote Within. Within. Yes. And um, you don't have to be a college graduate to be promoted up to a manager level. Yep. In most places, you have to, you, if you're going to be a manager, you're going to be making $150,000, $160,000. Someone wants you to have a degree. We're looking for the most qualified person. Absolutely. And that's, uh, that comes with experience. Exactly. You know, and, yeah. and coming up through the ranks, that's where you get that's that experience. That's where you get that experience. For, for exactly. sure. You know, and, and, and again, that's what would happen. You know, you go to college and, um, yeah, and like I said, nothing against going to college, no, no. but at the opportunity. But a lot of that, you know, hands-on, you know, applications you don't get. Yeah. You know, and you you can read it in a book, and this is how you do it. Yeah. But when you get in the field, okay, it it, it's, it it's, doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And I encourage every engineer. I'm a I'm a licensed professional engineer, and I encourage every engineer uh, get into the water wastewater industry sure. because you're going to have plenty of work for the next forty years. Um, and you know the MDC is spending four billion dollars on our wastewater on our wastewater treatment facilities and our and our uh, collection systems in the streets, mm-hmm. um, and not everybody is, but they're going to have to. Yeah. It's it, it's an inevitable. Uh, you're going to have to start spending money on your infrastructure, and we're only spending four billion dollars, and it's only affecting about twenty five percent of our system. Wow, we have thirteen hundred. Um, um, miles of, of sewer system in our in our in our uh, district, our eight towns, yeah, and we're only affecting about twenty five percent of it. Wow! So we'll be spending, you know, a hundred million dollars a year, forever. Yes, just fixing stuff. Sure. And uh, there's just a huge opportunity. Um, even if you don't uh, work for the MDC, we have a lot of contractors that are working for the MDC. Yep. Um, are putting in water mains, putting in sewers. There's a, it's just a great opportunity yeah. uh, for young people. Well, and that's the thing. You know, going back um, it, 
tell our listeners a little bit. Of, give us the, the kind of the, the 30,000 foot view of, of MDC, of, of what you guys do. Yeah, sure. So the MDC was created, um, as you can imagine, in the 1800s. Uh, the city of Hartford ran the water yep. system, the sewer system. Um, what there was of a sewer system, uh, there was no treatment in the 1800s. It just the, the we just had a collapse of an old brick sewer that went to the river. You yep, know that's, that's just it. the way it happened, yep, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so in the 1929, um, the uh, legislature created um, the MDC, which would take over the water system and eventually take over the sewer system for the city of Hartford. Yep. And so we provide. Um, we have the, the largest wastewater treatment plant in, in Connecticut, which is down in Hartford, yep. the South Meadows. We have the largest drinking water slow sand filtration system in West Hartford. Yeah. And so we're a relatively, if you compare us to um, large communities, we're a very small state, as you know, um, three point something million people. Yeah. But we are such a compact organization, uh, not too many uh, states our size have uh, a utility like the MDC where we're serving, you know, 400,000 customers on water and sewer. Oh. Um, and we have, so we have four wastewater treatment plants. Yep. We have uh, uh, two uh, treatment plants and one small satellite plant um, at Nipog Reservoir. Yeah. Our reservoirs are built again uh, in Nipog built in 1913. 10 billion gallons of water. Yeah. Uh, 1940s uh, built uh, Bar Kempstead, which is 30 billion. Uh, and then in the uh, late 40s, uh, planned and built um, the Goodwin Reservoir, which is about 6.5 billion gallons of okay. water. Wow. And so we have a huge resource that most, uh, very lucky, the people that built and created the MDC were very, 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 very insightful, insightful very smart very insightful thinking about a hundred years out um it's like you know it's almost is is it's almost like writing the constitution you're thinking ahead about ahead a uh, hundred years ahead of you and uh they did a wonderful job and and our job and i i believe our job is just as, as complicated as when you when you build something trying to keep it and maintain it is very very difficult uh trying to operate the wastewater treatment plant um Wastewater treatment uh, plant in Hartford, we spent $600 million sure. improving it all while running it, right? right? Running, so yeah. you can't yeah. stop sewer, right? No. You can turn the water off, but exactly. you can't stop the yeah, sewer. Exactly. When somebody flushes the toilet, it's, it's coming to you whether you want it or not. Exactly. So uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's not a glamorous um, no. um, uh, 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 career, but it's a great career, a great family career. Um, the MDC and our, a lot of the utilities treat their their um, their employees well. Sure. Good pensions, yeah. Um, great benefits. Well, you know, too, and you know, you talk about engineering, you got Mark Hampson, all those reservoirs. They're they're engineering marvels because you you have Mark Mark Hampson Reservoir, okay, which is up in New Hartford Way. Yeah. Okay, that wa water flows gravity all the way to East all Hartford, the way. Yeah. and even to Portland. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, everything's you, gravity. You know, everything's gravity. Obviously, we have a pump house in, in Glastonbury to, to pump it up yeah. to Portland, but you know, everything is gravity. And, yeah. Uh, who would have thought? You know, yeah. as far as that goes. We. Uh, we don't, we don't have uh, very many, uh, we only have uh, just under 90 pump stations um, across the, the district, and the majority of those are sewer pump stations. Yep. Mm -hmm. Most of our uh, water flows by gravity, and again, 
a very, very smart, uh, as everyone knows, electricity pumping water is very, very expensive. Money, yeah. So so the way our MDC keeps our water rates down is because our forefathers were smart enough to build reservoirs high enough in elevation so everything flows by gravity. Yep, you know. Yeah. And the thing is, too, is that from a standpoint of uh, security, I mean, and the water industry is a security. It's it's not an industry that we can outsource. You, right. you need boots on the ground, yep. okay? You can't outsource it across the pond, no. uh, you know, no. as far as that goes, because no. you, you gotta have people here that are, that are fixing the, the, the mains, installing the mains, you know, running the filter plants, the yeah, treatment plants, you exactly. know, and it's, you know, that's, that's secure. And, you know, from a standpoint of, uh, uh, again, that, that overarching umbrella, uh, and especially with, with your industry, uh, at the MDC, you, you've got, I mean, Portland, we have three people in the water department. Okay. And everybody has to kind of do everything. You've got all the resources, so you can move up, you can move sideways, yes. you can, and there's a career path in any which direction, Absolutely. you know, so, which is huge. Yeah, and we're unionized. We're very supportive of our union. So, so when you come in as a, a a lot of our employees came in as water treatment operators or wastewater treatment operators, and as that as they grew with experience, they were able to find other positions that they liked um, throughout the district. You know, we have um, we have about three hundred and fifty positions, and um, uh, in two thousand six, we had seven hundred. Yeah. Uh, so we have shrunk. We have we have created multitasking job descriptions. So again, we're doing more with less. We we ask our employees to do more, but we pay them very very well. Yeah. And um, and and that provides uh, with uh, when you have someone who is um, multi talented in their job, it makes them more qualified to be promotable. Sure, and more valuable. And more valuable. The, the last thing we want is to, to hire people who aren't promotable because then what happens is we stagnate, right? Yeah. When we bring in young people, we want them to grow. We want them to grow and become our leaders someday. Sure. We want them to become the supervisors, become the managers. Uh, if we don't have those people grow in those positions, we wind up we lose that continuity. Right. We lose that lessons learned. We right. lose uh, all of that, the resource that we're, we're paying for, we're building. Sure, and, and the other thing, obviously, I mean, you, you've, you know, your workforce has shrunk, and, and a lot of that is due to a, a lot of the newer technology that's out there, because yes. you can do a lot more uh, with the technology, which you don't require you know, a body to be there all e the time. Exactly, our treatment plants uh, in our wastewater and our water, but specifically on the water side, you know, we had our Bloomfield treatment plant, we had three shifts. Our West Hartford treatment plant, we had three shifts. Right. Um, even even at Nepog, we had three shifts years yep, ago. Yep, yep. And we have slowly uh, shrunk those down to one shift because yep. of technology. We, we're allowed, uh, to, we don't need to physically be there for the water to be treated. Yep. So um, no, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's, it's a way in which we keep our, um, our uh, costs down to our, our customers. Uh, yes, it does reduce the number of jobs we have available, but the jobs that we do have are very uh, well paid. Yes, they're lucrative jobs. They're, they're lucrative. You know, um, as far as, you know, going out and, you know, like I say, we run the, the, the Learn and Earn program now uh, for almost six, uh, six, year, six plus years. Um, and, you know, I commend you guys on, as far as being able to, you know, develop that and uh, introduce kids uh, for your district towns to, to you know, introduce them into the industry. And we've uh, th this year's a bunch of students were very engaging. 
They yes. were they were very engaging and so forth. And uh, my my counterpart, Wes Winterbottom, Professor Winterbottom, who runs the uh, the Gateway course uh, down at, at Gateway Community College, and now they've just had to uh, they just started a water management course. Yep. So uh, that's you know again being foresight uh, of of looking forward to to starting developing those. Uh, those seedlings, so to speak, you know, yeah. to get them into the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Know. No, it's, it's, it's a great industry and it's a really, as you said earlier, it's uh, unknown. People don't recognize the opportunity here and it's not just at the MDC. It's across the country. Sure. Uh, utilities are, um, you know, in the old days, uh, you had to know somebody to get into utility uh, yeah, yeah. because honestly utilities didn't hire, you know, like uh, Pratt and Whitney, they're hiring a hundred people a day. Yep, uh, we're not hiring a hundred people a year, but we're hiring, you know, twenty, thirty uh, people, and uh, um, it will it will slow down. You know, right now our average age of our employees is about probably fifty three years old. So that means a lot of people getting ready to retire. Oh yeah. Over the last five years, we've had a lot of people retire, uh, but we've hired almost as many we've probably had about 200 people retire in the last five years and we've hired about 160. Mm -hmm. so we're we're replacing the people to retire but sure. we're replacing them with multitasking job descriptions yeah you know and the thing too is uh, you know as you know, I'm a baby boomer. You're you're baby. I'm almost. You're almost. Oh, I was. I missed it by uh, a year. Uh, okay, but you know the the work culture, uh, uh, the work ethic back then was it was totally different than yes. it is now. The, you know the, the 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 life work balance is yes. is, is changed. It's a major issue, and and we have we have one thing I have seen, and I've I've been through a, a number of seminars on this. Uh, the differences between boomers. X's, Y's, Z's, yep. and, and, and perennials. Gen X's. Gen X's. <laughs> and, and it's interesting. If you listen to someone explain it, it seems so logical. Yep. Uh, but there is a, you really have to understand the, how the young people think. Yeah. Because what, what's happening is we're hiring people that are much, much smarter than I am. Yeah. They're very, very smart young people but they have a different mentality yeah when you and i grew up yeah you went to your friend's house and you said your friend's father said dave what does your father do yeah you were defined by what your father did yeah right yeah, yeah. today it's not that way no, it's it's a life balance yeah so we're we're hiring very very smart young people yeah we're hiring people that uh, are great workers hard workers but they don't want to work overtime. No, they don't. No. They're, they're they're in part because society changes, but also remember this: when you and I grew up, it was a traditional family. You got a, a man that goes to work, brings home the paycheck. Yeah, mom, my mom stayed home for a long time. My wife was able to stay home with our uh, four kids for for a good period of time, and and so the husband goes to work and brings home the check. Today you need two people in the family to work. Yeah. And so now you have both people working. So life balance is important because you're both so crazy busy at yep. work. Yep. So I get it. And, yeah. and there's ways around that. The, the, I'm gonna give an example. I just explained this the other day. We talk about, well, how do you deal with a, a workforce that doesn't wanna work overtime? You know how we deal with it? Put more water main in. The more infrastructure we improve, the less overtime we'll need to fix it. Yeah. So there's a solution around 
those kinds of things without saying, hey, you got to work overtime. Let's put the investment into the infrastructure, yep. improve it so that you don't need the overtime. Yep. You need all you need is the day, you know, the daytime work or the shift time work to operate the equipment. Lower your maintenance. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So again, that work life balance is, is, is huge these days. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of work life balance, um, what do you like to do for fun on a personal side? Well, so um, I grew up, uh, my family's big hunters, so we hunt oh, a lot. Okay. Deer hunt, uh, duck hunt. Um, I used to love fishing. My son loves fishing probably more than he loves hunting. But, but so we're, we liked outdoors. Um, I took a week off last week and uh, replaced my deck. Okay, there you go. All <laughs> so right. I... I I uh, we I like to work around my yard. I got dapple trees and peach trees, and I love nice. working in my yard. You know? Nice. Now, do you take advantage of all of the recreational opportunities that the MDC provides around? Um, you know, I we have all we we have a lot of great opportunities uh, at the MDC. If I, I I don't partake too much in them. Um, the uh, the uh, we have a hunting program up yeah. in Barkhamstead. Yeah. I I hunt in my backyard so i'm happy to do that i don't like to travel yeah yeah uh hunting i like to get up in the morning go out at 5 a.m and and sit in my tree stand yeah but um but we have great uh hunting program yeah. we partnered with deep on in the bark hampstead a uh, nepog area and a lot of people really get to enjoy it and we're happy to be able to do it yeah you got great walking trails bike oh, trails and oh it's awesome the, the amount of the amount of traffic that you guys get up there, you know, it, between people amazing. walking, biking, and yeah. even in the wintertime, you have snowshoeing and, yes. and this, uh, you know, uh, cross-country skiing. Yeah. Uh, that's phenomenal. You yeah, know? I, I, I like to, uh, my, uh, my, I, laying on my couch, I don't, I don't, I can't hurt myself. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> well, you know, when you get our age, oh, the, God. The, the, the arms aren't long enough. The floor is a, oh. a lot, a lot farther down than it used to be. You know, I tell you, I replaced my deck this week. I took the week off and I was on my knees for a whole week yep. up and down. It was terrible. And it was a three Advil night. And I, every night <laughs> I was 30 years old when I built the deck and I'm 58 and I'm replacing the decking. So it wasn't fun. No, I hear you. It's just <laughs> one of those things. So anyway, as you know, uh, I, my altar life here is in my music store and so forth. I'm into music. So, uh, what, what type of music did you grow up with? So I told you on the way up here, my dad uh, was had the, the band called the Velvet Lions. Nice. And I used to sing at uh, uh, Foster Country Club up in Foster, Rhode Island, and yep. all all kinds of places. And they sang, you know, Perry Como and oh, yeah. all that stuff. So I grew up with that kind of music, and grew up with the. Uh, my sister was older, so I grew up with the. Leonard Skinner's and all that okay, stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you but go. But I love all kinds of music. I yeah. love. Uh, I love. Uh, country we oh. listen to a lot of country and i like all kinds of music now was it was there a concert that you attended you know growing i never up attended concerts really i i was never uh the kind i like i told you i played the drums in high school um i i think i went to one concert um it was uh uh, uh taylor's brother yep. uh, um played at eastern connecticut uh, John, uh was it jonathan no not jonathan taylor um, James Taylor? Not James. James Taylor's brother. Oh, okay. All right. But I, I, I really didn't go to concerts. Oh, okay. Um, but I love music. So if you, if you got stuck on a desert island, what, what uh, you know, I ask this question all the time. What would be your desert island album that you would bring to listen to? Or two? Or three? Oh, boy. 
Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, well, I'd have to say uh, I'd have to say uh, Frank Sinatra. Okay, all right, <laughs> old blue eyes. There you go, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Next question: What would be your desert island food if you got stuck on a desert island? Desert island food. Uh, it'd have to be steak. My kind of guy, <laughs> steak and you know, meat and potatoes, man. That's right, love <laughs> yeah, it. Meat and potatoes. You know, one one of the things, you know, obviously, uh, steak is 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 high on the list. The other thing uh, that you know, with polling all of our our guests and so forth, uh, pizza is up there too. Yeah, uh, along with tacos. Oh so, yeah, yeah. You know, taco. Tacos. I love pizza too. But. Yeah, you know, to go from there. So anyway, great. Well, Scott, uh, thank you so much for coming down. I appreciate the opportunity yeah. to to sit down and and. Uh, chat with you and uh again the, the whole premise of our our podcast when i launched this thing was again to you know attract uh some some younger folks into this industry which is uh you know not only what needed but it's it's a valuable industry you know and so many times you know we have to educate you know people not only students but we have to educate the public you know yeah parents parents because yeah. a lot of times you know you, from from a water standpoint you know people take water for granted you yeah. know you know you open up the faucet water comes out well, there's a lot that happens behind that to make that happen. You I know? mean, look what's happening to California and oh Lake Mead and Lake Powell. It's amazing. We're so lucky here in the eastern eastern part of the country that we don't have those those kinds of uh, drought issues. We've had droughts, but but not you know ten year droughts, yeah. and it's crazy. But I want to thank you personally because you've been great helping us educate our region no on water, and uh, you know it's uh, you've been you and you you brought in staff to help us over the years so thank you very much Dave. No, we really appreciate it no worries we look forward to to you know keeping that going and try to trying to fill this pipeline to uh you know i'm going to be retiring in january so it's uh, january 1 i hit 50 years and i says well yeah it, it's time you know yeah, to go from know. there so but whatever all right all right ladies and gentlemen that concludes this episode of the future of the water and wastewater industry and the careers you didn't know about and mr scott jellison was in the house this afternoon and uh we thank you so much for listening and if you know anybody who wants to get into the water industry look us up and uh we will see you next time thank you so much <laughs>